We have a very special guest for today's episode as Big Ten Network analyst Trey Dimps joins us to discuss uh, where the Hoosiers are at at this point in the season, uh, how they can improve, and then preview tonight's Ohio State game. It's an exciting episode that we have set for you today. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Thursday's Thursday, excuse me, January 6th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU athletics news, analysis, previews, recaps, and today very special guests, as we mentioned. Bit of a longer episode, so I'm going to try not to keep you too long in this intro. We already taped the interview earlier in the day. Just want to remind you guys that Locked on Hoosiers is free and available wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcasts at, especially on YouTube at Locked on Hoosiers. want to thank you for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Today's show is sponsored by NetSuite. Uh, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Be sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers or on Instagram at Locked on Hoosiers. Uh, but let's jump right into this, guys. And as uh, promised, we are now joined by former Northwestern Guard, current Big Ten Network analyst, Trey Demps. Trey, man. Uh, how you doing today? Good, man. How about yourself? It, I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a much more enjoyable time to watch IU basketball than in uh, than in recent years. Uh, we were just kind of talking before we went live. You played against some uh, some really good IU teams. Some team some IU teams that weren't quite as good. Uh, do you have any kind of memorable moments or, or games or anything like that against IU in your time at Northwestern? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to brag on myself but I'll let, think, I'll let you brag I set you yeah. up for this one <laughs> but I, in all honesty I think my career kind of took off a little bit my first game at IU that was the game where you know my my freshman year you know we were still under Bill Carmody and I didn't get a lot of playing time and then we had the coaching change with Chris Collins and um, you know, the young player, still a sophomore. We had Drew Crawford there, Deshaun Cobb, Dave Sobolewski. And so I was still kind of finding my way. And that was the game. You know, I played terrible the first probably 35 minutes of the game. But then the last five minutes kind of took over, you know, helped us get a win, um, a big road win against IU. So that's probably one of my most memorable moments um, in my collegiate career, to be honest with you. But, yeah, so – I have a lot of good memories in Bloomington, but I have a lot of respect for the Hoosiers program and excited to do this podcast. Yeah, this uh, this IU team this season has kind of varied between really good at times and really bad at times as well. Uh, before we kind of get into some of the specifics about this team, I just kind of wanted to get your general thoughts on, on this IU team and their season so far. Well, the thing about this team, I mean, they're great defensively. Like when you really mm -hmm. like watch them play defense, like they don't make mistakes. They follow the scouting report. 
They have good on-ball defenders and Xavier Johnson and Rob Fennessy. And then obviously in the interior, you got TJD and Race Thompson who contest and, you know, alter a ton of shots. So, I mean, this team is really, really sound defensively. And then you look at the numbers, you know, they give up 61 points per game. Teams shoot 35% from the field. And the craziest thing is the fact that teams shoot under 40% from the field um, at the two-point range. I think that's incredible. The fact that, you know, as an opposing team, you know, you're shooting 3.8 out of 10 on your two-point field goals against the Hoosiers. So, I mean, defensively, they are a juggernaut, and they're tough to score on. Um, but offensively, you know, we touched on, you know, some of the great Hoosier players, and this team has really had struggles at the guard position since Yogi Ferrell left, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it, it's hard to see Al Durham, you know, move on and have a have really start to have a great season at Providence, but – you know, for the Hoosiers program as a whole, the last five years, the guard position has been a big question. Uh, I think they addressed shooting. That was a big question. Getting Parker Stewart and Miller Cop, I think those were really good pickups. And I thought those guys, you know, were talked a lot about in the beginning of the year not being great defenders. I thought, I thought over the last few games, they've done a better job defensively. So I think guard play is going to be the key for this team. But the staple of this team is defense, and that's how they're going to win games. Yeah, I've said a couple times that I think ultimately this team will go as far as the guards can take them, and we will certainly talk about that. But that defense you you talked about, Mike Woodson came in, and he made that his first, second, and third priority when he uh, when he took over. They spent a ton of time in the offseason on the defense. Uh, they had a trip to the Bahamas, and he said that they had spent that he expected the the offense to be pretty far behind the defense just because of how much they worked on it. That's still the case. But ultimately, Mike Woodson coming in and finding this level of success, did you expect this at all with, with this being his, not just his first season in Bloomington, but first season as a college coach? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you think about his reputation. You think about the way that guys like Carmelo talk about him and just people around the NBA talk about him and just – not even as a coach, as a person. I mean, you think about when he took this job, you know, six guys entered the transfer portal, if I'm not mistaken. Six or five. I'm not exactly. It was a lot. <laughs> we lost count, I think. It was a <laughs> <Right>. lot. <laughs> exactly. But then four four or five of those guys come back, you know, including TJD. So, I mean, the fact that he's able, you know, right away to deal with some turmoil within the or, or within the program and to kind of get the core to come back, you know, Al Durham ended up leaving. Um, but to have those guys come back, to be locked in, to buy in, I think that speaks volumes to Mike Woodson and just the culture he brings. And, you know, just, yeah, like I said, watching this team defensively, man, they're, they're elite. Like, like they're, they're literally a, a solid point guard away, I think, from making – you know, being at the top of the Big Ten and to, like, make a run in the tournament. Like, that's how good I really think they are on the defensive end. But I think one of the things Mike Woodson should do is take a look at the way that, like, Iowa and Michigan State play. Like, they they play so fast. And I think Indiana has the athletes to play kind of like that, fast and try to get easy baskets because you're not going to switch – you know, the way that you play or the 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 guard play situation, right? You're not going to 
all of a sudden have a guy just kind of be a, a dominant force at that guard position. So I would like to see them get some easy baskets in transition. Analytically, they're one of the best teams in transition in terms of, um, you know, points and, and just the numbers. So that's something I would want to see, just them get out in transition, get some easy baskets. You know, the one thing, too, I, I like the way that Rob Fennessey has played the last couple of games, averaging 10 points per game over the last two. So I think playing him and Xavier Johnson together would be something to look at as well. Yeah, this uh, this team has kind of flirted a couple of times with with really getting out in transition. And as you said, every time they do it, they seem to have success at it. And uh, it's it's a surprise they maybe aren't or don't get out in transition more with just how good their defense is at getting stops. But you also mentioned Trace Jackson Davis in there. Um, he was one of the guys that entered the transfer portal. He said his own words. He had nine toes out the door. Uh, he Mike Woodson gets him to uh, come back, and now we're looking at a guy that is in the running for Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, what is it that's made him so dominant, so impactful this season for the Hoosiers? I mean, obviously, he scores the ball at an unbelievably efficient rate, right? He's shooting around 60%. I think the fact that your star player can shoot 60% from the field no matter the position, right, is is incredible. You know, a lot of times star players shoot at all levels, NBA, college, they're, you know, at that 45, 40% rank. But the fact that he could do it so efficiently. But one of the things that I've really been impressed with TJD this year is just his ability to pass the ball. You know, he showed, like, he could do it last year. Like, he was able to really find his teammates. But when those doubles come – and he's able to find the open shooters. And the fact that he has shooters this year with Miller uh, and Parker Stewart, I think that's something that I've been really impressed with him this year. And then, you know, just his leadership. You know, I think he's been a great leader for this team, uh, been a voice, uh, been an emotional leader. So I think he, he's just the full package of what you want from your star player. Yeah, I, uh, I mentioned it um, a couple episodes ago. I was just looking at some of the the synergy stats and the Hoosiers on post-ups when there's a hard double rank in the 89th percentile. And yeah. I, I think a lot of that is just how good of a, a passer and just kind of how composed that Trace always seems. He never seems to get rushed in any of those situations and is always aware of where he is on the floor and who's open and, and things of that nature. So uh, the Hoosiers have stumbled a bit in the to start Big Ten play. Uh, it wasn't a pretty win over Nebraska, though. Uh, I don't think anybody will complain about how you get a conference win. Then obviously the, the Wisconsin game happens, and then this Penn State game on Sunday. Uh, where have you seen the Hoosiers kind of finding struggles? We mentioned guard play. Uh, where have you seen the, the Hoosiers kind of finding some of those struggles in the start of Big Ten play? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's hard to look anywhere past the guard play. And I think where it really shows up is the end of games, right? Like, it's hard to play through your center the final five minutes of the game just because, you know, the defenses are locked in. You know, you could bring doubles. And then I was really watching some film. Like, a lot of times what happens is that it's hard to get post position at the end of the game. So you're ending up having to swing the ball around a ton. Nobody's attacking. There's no paint touches. And it just really uh, slows down 
It makes your offense really methodical. And that's not what you want at the end of the games. So that's something that I think has, has really hurt the Hoosiers. And I think it's something to look for this year is, you know, late game situations. What quick hitters can they run? Can they get Miller Cop a shot? Can they get Parker Stewart a shot? Can they give a lane for um, Xavier Johnson? You know, can, you know, somebody like Tamir Bates, you know, start to step up? You see that he has the talent. He showed it earlier in the year. So I think that's going to be something that is going to be maybe the Achilles heel of this team. But I think, like I said, defensively, this team is so good that every game is going to be close. But they just got to be able to find some late game buckets if they want to, you know, be where they want to be at the end of the year. I think one of the phrases that Mike Woodson's also used is trying to teach these guys how to win after um, really that not being the case last year. And it's a it's also a whole group of guys that haven't really been together uh, with all the transfers coming in. So we're going to look a little more into the offense, uh, where things have gone wrong and maybe how the Hoosiers can can find some ways to to get some success right here in just a moment. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite's the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time, while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses are already using NetSuite. For the new years, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Head to netsuite.com locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses netsuite.com slash locked. So we've obviously kind of talked about the guard play. I thought Mike Woodson had some interesting comments. He has a weekly radio show on Mondays. Uh, he mentioned a couple different things. He's been kind of fully open and aware of what the the struggles are with this offense. Uh, two of the things I thought he mentioned that were interesting were um, just more pick and roll play. He said that they haven't done a ton of, a ton of that this season. And then something that you mentioned was having guys like Miller Cop and Parker Stewart come off screens more, trying to get them some open shots. Just kind of what are your thoughts on, on that? And is that something that you think could help this Hoosier offense? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think Mike, Mike Woodson is right on cue. Like, you have to make adjustments. If something's not working, you know, no matter what it is, basketball, you know, business like you have to make adjustments you have to change what they're doing on defense is working so you don't change that so offensively you kind of just have to take a look and say all right as a coach you know what plays what little wrinkles can I run to make my guys look good put them in uh, positions to be successful and I think that's good recognition by Mike Woodson I think I think one thing I would do personally I, I think I already mentioned it was just playing Rob Fennessy and Xavier Johnson. One of the things, too, is like Rob Fennessy looks healthy, right? He looks explosive. He looks like the old Rob Fennessy that Hoosiers fans were excited about. You know, obviously his career has been uh, hindered by a lot of injuries. But 
he really looks healthy. Even on some of those misses against Penn State, he was getting in the lane. You know, he was getting some good looks. He kind of missed a couple of layups. And then late down the stretch, he actually hit some uh, some big shots for them. So I think getting him, you know, on the ball a little bit more, playing a little bit more pick and roll, maybe playing Xavier Johnson off the ball. You know, I know Xavier Johnson has taken a lot of flack. You know, being the starting point guard for Indiana is not an easy thing to do. But I really like Xavier Johnson kind of more in like a, a Jordan Clarkson type of role where, you know, he can kind of be that wild card just because, you know, he's a guy that's not afraid, is extremely aggressive, might take a couple bad shots. But those guys have a place in college basketball. I just like um, Xavier Johnson a little bit more off the ball, you know, attacking, being a high volume scorer. There's a there's value to having a sort of irrational confidence guy like what Clarkson is, like what at times Xavier Johnson has been for this team. Um, at times, this offense has looked kind of stagnant. It seems like really when they do get the ball into Trace Jackson Davis, it's a lot of kind of watching and and waiting on the defense to react to him. Do you think that there is kind of an over-reliance on Trace at times within this offense? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's become a little bit of a crutch, you know, just because here's what happens a lot. You know, I've watched a lot of Indiana's. What happens is they come down one possession and the guard will take a shot, right? Like they come off a ball screen, you know, they don't really guard the guard. They're coming off the ball screen, they take a mid-range jump shot and miss it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we got to get the ball into TJD because that's our bread and butter. So it becomes almost a little bit predictable. Like, all right, the guard just came off, took a shot, missed a mid-range jumper, which was a good shot. You know, he was open. Um, but then the next possession, it's like, you know they're going straight into TJD, and the defense knows it. And I thought uh, John Hara did a really good job of pushing him out of the paint. He knew the scattering report. He knew the plays where TJD was going to catch the ball. And he pushed him out the lane and didn't let him get easy post position. And I think that's why TJD shot eight of 18 from the field. So, yeah, I think there, there's definitely some adjustments that they have to make, not be so predictable on the offensive end. And I know Mike Woodson's going to make the adjustments, though. Yeah, I thought Penn State was the most uh, uncomfortable that Trace had looked this season. Everything has, has been pretty easy which is just more of a testament to how good he is throughout this right. year. And I thought Penn State was kind of the first time that he really had to work for his baskets. Uh, and you kind of saw it late in the game that he was really uh, – it took a lot of effort for him to get even just to the rim, let alone just scoring. Uh, yeah, and I, well, and I'll say this, it wears on you when you – when yeah. there's too much uh, pressure on you on the offensive end, and especially with TJD being a really good defensive player as well and having to guard, guard against the best bigs in college basketball. You know, it takes a load on you to be able to, on a nightly basis to bring it every night. You know, you have to stop guys like EJ Liddell, Hunter Dickinson, Kofi Coburn. And then on the other end, they expect you to, you know, get you 25 and 10. So it's like, it's it's going to wear on him. So other guys are going to have to step up. And I, and I think Mike Woodson's going to find a way to make his guys look good. I think he's going to make those adjustments. I think he's going to get Miller Cobb some looks, Parker Stewart some looks coming off the down screens, as you mentioned. So I'm not 
I think there's hope. There's still a lot of hope in Bloomington. I think fans shouldn't panic. Yeah, yeah, certainly. We've mentioned the the defense, and we'll we'll try to talk a little bit brighter about things that are that are working in Bloomington this season. What I mean, you mentioned that they don't really make mistakes. Is that part of what makes this defense so successful this season? Yeah, I mean, I think guys are just locked into the scouting report. You know, that when you look at like what makes a like a good team versus a great team, a lot of times it comes down to that in conference play. It's just not giving the best player on the opposing team easy looks, right? Like when I played, you know, there were certain teams where I knew like, okay, I can get to my left hand because that was my biggest strength, you know, like, but then like when I played against defenders like Rashid Suleiman and, uh, you know, Raphael Davis, who I work with on the network, like they weren't letting me get to my left hand. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, it's this Indiana team really does a good job of, playing to the scouting report, not giving the opposing team's best player easy look. Think about Seth Lundy last game, right? He shoots two of 10. You know, mm-hmm. Seth Lundy is a great penetrator of the basketball, had no lanes, no opportunities. And that's just because Indiana's really locked in on the defensive end. So that's just been something that I've been been impressed with so far. I mean, I used the word a minute ago for Trace, but it feels like a lot of times the Hoosiers make the other team uncomfortable uh, on the the offensive end of the ball and again really makes them work um, to try to get the buckets which I mean we just talked about how that just kind of wears on you and and just as a team as a whole the the way that the, they have to work just to get open looks is can be exhausting at times uh, you mentioned Trace's improvement defensively and I, I think that's something as well that maybe hasn't gotten as much attention because he has become a a really good rim protector um, what has kind of his development on that side of the ball done for this defense as well? Yeah, I mean, so like when you have really good perimeter, like Xavier Johnson and Rob Fennessy do a great job of pressuring the ball. Like yeah. they make the opposing point guards uncomfortable. And so it's harder for teams to get into their sets. But a lot of times when you pressure, you know, there there are some blow buys that happen. So when those blow buys do happen, you know, the, the opposing offensive player gets around maybe Xavier Johnson, Parker Stewart, Miller Cop, Rob Fennessey, whoever it is. And then you got TJD there to clean it up, right? Or to not even get a block shot, but to kind of force a contested floater. And so I think, I mean, this team is just really good defensively. And, and TJD is really bought into what Mike Woodson has been preaching, you know, like you said, starting since the offseason is being a defensive team. And I heard him in an interview saying that, you know, we know our defense is ahead of our offense. So if you know oh, yeah. as a star player, like the way that we're going to win games is defense, I think it gives you an extra focus on that end of the floor. I also think just him as a, a rim protector, uh, as good as he is protecting the rim, allows your Xavier Johnsons, your fantasies to get up more into guys. Exactly. Um, on the perimeter and force some of those uh, turnovers and whatnot. Uh, Hoosiers obviously have a, a really big game uh, tonight as you're listening to this against Ohio state. So we're going to look to that game and see uh, how the Hoosiers match up and what the odds of them coming away with a, what would be definitely the biggest win of the season so far here in just one moment. First real quickly, guys, I want to thank you for making locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. 
Also, I have an incredible app for you guys we've been talking about this week, especially for everyone who buys gas. You guys need to know about Get Upside. It's really simple. I used it this week. Uh, you download the app, find the gas station you're going to go to, uh, or find the cheapest one around you, claim the offer, drive to that gas station, fill up, check in when you get there, and you will get your money back. I had mine back within 24 hours. I got a little bonus because I used the promo code SCORE. Uh, it's a free app. There's no catch. You guys don't have to pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back right on the Get Upside app. Just download the app today. Use that promo code SCORE. You can cash out whenever you want, straight to your bank account, to PayPal, even to a gift card to Amazon and other brands. Again, just download that free Get Upside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Once again, that's code SCORE on the free Get Upside app. Bet Online would like to wish everyone a happy new betting year as we continue to march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. Uh, if you guys do sign up today, uh, new users will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED ON to get started. So whether it's football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have waiting for you in 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Ohio State, um, I think, kind of uh, made their statement, had their coming out party in that win over Duke earlier in the season. Uh, I know a lot of Hoosier fans might not have watched them this year. What is, uh, we'll start with the strings. I guess, what is it that makes this Ohio State team so good? I mean, they're just. I think they're the smartest team in the conference. Like everybody knows their role, right? I mean, obviously EJ Liddell is the star. He's the go-to guy. But then you have guys like Jamari Wheeler, who is just a pest defensively and makes open threes, almost like a three and D point guard. And then you have a guy like Malachi Branham, who's starting to really play confident on the offensive, offensive end, had 35 points against Nebraska last game. And then you have a guy like Justin Orange, who knows his role, I mean, almost all his shots are three-point shots, right? And then you got a guy like Michi Johnson coming off the bench that can get you buckets. So, I mean, they just – oh, and then I can't forget about the the other two interior players with Kyle Young and Zed Key. I mean, those guys have been great all year. They average 20 points per game combined, shooting over 60% from the field. So, I mean, this team, they, they're together. they locked in. They're – no pun intended. <laughs> but – um you know, they, 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 they just have a good camaraderie, right? They just, they know where the ball needs to go to. They play through EJ Liddell. Other guys are ready to step up and knock down shots. And then when EJ Liddell comes out, they play through Zed Key and Kyle Young. So I think, you know, from the interior standpoint, this team is, is excellent. And then they have guards who can make shots. The, uh, this offense ranks as one of the best in the nation when you, when looking at Ken Palm and excel in kind of all the areas you said, one of the best at both two-point percentage and three-point percentage um, guards knocking down those shots when they go inside out. 
kind of on the flip side to that, they have only lost twice this season. It's been over a month since they last lost to Florida. Uh, what are some of the the weaknesses to this uh, to this Buckeye team? Half court defense. When you watch that Nebraska game, half Nebraska was picking them apart in the half court. Ohio State is really good in transition defense, but in the half court, and especially in their like high ball screen defense, they have a lot of work to do. So I think that's something that the Hoosiers can attack. You know, Mike Woodson talked about it, you know, incorporating more high ball screens um, because Nebraska had the game won. And a lot of times what they were doing, they would put Bryce McGowan's in a high ball screen. They'd have David Walker rolling and, you know, they were just getting whatever they wanted all night. So like David Walker would kind of, um, Bryce McGowan's would hit David Walker on the short roll. And then David Walker would either, either finish or he would kick it out to a shooter. And they were just getting whatever they wanted in the half court. And that's been an issue for Ohio State all year. They actually, I think, are second to last in the conference, if I'm not mistaken, in half court defense. So that's one area that the Hoosiers can expose them. It would be, <laughs> I'd have a lot more optimism if we didn't spend a good chunk of this podcast talking about the struggles of the offense. But I mean, there could be a, a reason to go to more pick and roll, like Mike Woodson has said that they kind of need to do um, just in that sense, then, I mean, how does this IU team match up uh, with Ohio state and, and where are some of the areas they could find success? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I actually think IU is going to win tonight. You know, Ooh, I think I like that. The reason why is I mentioned before Malachi Brownham had 35 points. Like that's never, that, that probably won't happen again. Right. Like he's not going to have that big of a night and you still, it still takes an overtime win to beat one of the worst teams ranking-wise in the Big yeah. Ten in Nebraska. And I think Nebraska has talent. That's no disrespect to Nebraska. I think they have some talent, and they have a, a bright future in the future. But I think that really, um, in a lot of ways, Ohio State lost that game if Malachi Branham didn't have a big game. And on Indiana's side, I think that – like you mentioned, Mike Woodson's going to make the adjustments. I think Rob, I'm calling it right now. I think Rob Fennessey is going to have a big game tonight. I love, I really like the way that he's playing. I think he's playing with a lot of confidence, a lot of swagger. Um, his explosiveness is coming back. So that's something that I'm looking for tonight. And then obviously, you know, basketball fans across the world love to see star power. I mean, that matchup between EJ Liddell and TJD is going to be huge. EJ Liddell just coming off a two of 14 night. So that's something to watch for how he bounces back. So I have IU winning tonight just because I think guys are going to make shots. I worry a little bit about Ohio state's half court defense. So that's my prediction. And the general kind of consensus is that your role players play better at home than on the road. Um, you've mentioned Rob Fennessy and, and he has uh, turned it around. It it was interesting. I believe it was around the uh, Crossroads Classic, the game against Notre Dame, that um, Trace had kind of first mentioned that it, that Fennessey hadn't been healthy all season. And then um, he has probably his two best games, certainly his two best games scoring-wise, on the heels of that and has kind of shown what, uh, what IU has wanted from him for so long since that the first part of that freshman season when he, he showed out uh, you've mentioned uh, a, a couple times, or I, I think early on at least, but 
you already gave your prediction for tonight. So what is just kind of your outlook for this IU team moving forward the rest of this season? And I, I know a lot of Hoosier fans are uh, really want another NCAA tournament appearance. Do you think this team will make the tournament by season's end? Oof, man. Because here's the thing is that from five – you can maybe say through 12 in this conference is wide open. Yep. I mean, you think about it, you think about Purdue, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Illinois. To me, those are the four best teams. I think when you look at their depth, shooting, offense, defense, I know Purdue lost, but those are the four best teams in the conference. But then after that, like, I don't know what Michigan's going to be. I don't know. I mean, Iowa had a big win against Maryland. I don't know what Iowa's going to be. I don't know what Maryland's going to be. I don't know what Northwestern's going to be. So, ah, man, it's going to be exciting. I think I think come Selection Sunday, there's going to be a lot of teams on the edge of their seats. And my prediction is that IU will be one of them. Mm-hmm. I, think, when I think of teams that are going to be kind of on the bubble. I think of IU. I think Northwestern. I think Iowa and I think Michigan and Minnesota maybe too. I think all those teams are going to be on the edge of their seats because I think the middle is just going to be so close in the conference. Yeah, and to uh, to make the tournament, you need some of those statement wins. Tonight's a, a great opportunity for that. Hopefully, as you said, the, the Hoosiers are able to pick up a win because that would look great on the resume come selection Sunday. So uh, Trey, I appreciate a ton. You have you coming on. We'll have to have you on again, maybe uh, before that Northwestern game later, about a month from now, but uh, I appreciate a ton you coming on and talking to us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Jacob. And uh, that'll wrap it up for today, guys. And we will be back on Friday to recap, hopefully a win like Trey predicted for tonight.